Welcome to Strictly Business, Variety's weekly podcast featuring conversations with industry leaders about the business of entertainment. I'm Cynthia Littleton, business editor for Variety. Today, my guests are three top entertainment bankers from City National Bank who have spent the past three weeks dealing with a blizzard of loan applications for the federal government's Paycheck Protection Program. Martha Henderson is Executive VP and Manager of Entertainment Banking. Lori Badgett is Senior VP and Team Leader specializing in Nashville and the music industry. Stephanie Dalton is Senior VP and Team Leader specializing in Broadway. The three break down the details of the Small Business Administration's payroll relief program for businesses with 500 or fewer employees. We spoke last week just as the initial $349 billion allocated to the program ran out, but now it's poised for a new influx of funding as early as this week. The industry veterans also discussed the scope of the need out there and how they are advising clients through an unprecedented crisis. Martha Henderson, Lori Badgett, and Stephanie Dalton of City National Bank. Thank you so much for taking time out on what is an insanely busy time for the three of you to give Variety listeners a sense of the scope of the Paycheck Protection Program, which is an unprecedented federal loan program that kicked in a couple of days ago. And as I understand it, you three have pretty much not slept since. (laughs) Let's start with you, Martha. Let's talk about what the significance of this federal program means and what kind of need you have seen from your clients in the entertainment arena. Uh, Certainly, this is unprecedented. I've been working with the entertainment industry as a banker for more than 40 years, and this is the first time we've ever come across anything like this. So it's completely new for the clients and it's completely new for us. And it is, um, we are trying to make sure that the companies that we deal with within the entertainment industry survive and and get through what is uh, an unprecedented time. So the government came up with this uh, PPP program and we are doing, we did do everything we possibly could to get this program to as many people in the industry as possible. And, and truly, the bank did that throughout the, the rest of the bank, too. Anybody that's in our um, community, we were trying to do an outreach. And I think the bank as a whole and the entertainment department, we stopped everything that we're doing. All 250 colleagues that we have were almost to the person focused on getting as many applications as we possibly could, could get. And that's because we knew there was a time frame that the money was going to run out. And so we wanted to get as many through as we possibly could so that these companies can pay their colleagues and get them back to work and we will all be back up working as quickly as possible. So that's our hope and that's what we were focused on and what we were doing. Mm-hmm. Um, and to, Martha, to Martha's point, I was just gonna add, it was really sort of a, a true team effort just across the bank to kind of move mountains to get this done for clients. It was um, our operation folks, our bankers, um, credit folks, the leadership team, everybody just really came together in in sort of the CNB way um, of just um, getting out there quickly for our clients, helping them through the process, answering questions, helping them figure out how to fill the forms. Um, You know, these were a lot of people that really wanted the money and, and, and it was very important to them. So we just really pulled together as an entire division. Um, like nothing we've ever seen before. Again, to Martha's point, it's it's unprecedented. But um, 
that's kind of it was just a, an amazing effort. Uh, and, and I think we, we saw so many, you know, we, we received so many um, emails from, from clients just recognizing how important it was and how much they appreciated everything we did. That was really, it, it really felt, um, made us feel very rewarded for everything that we, we helped them accomplish. And Stephanie, you work in the Broadways, in the, in the area of Broadway in banking. What specifically did you find? What was the specific need in the Broadway community? Well, it was, you know, um, it was really sort of the similar need that that companies needed across the entertainment industry. I mean, everything just completely came to to uh, a close. And, you know, the opening of Broadway is still unfortunately uncertain at this point. So uh, a lot of the production companies and general management offices needed assistance to kind of stay afloat and, and take care of their employees and keep their employees um, going. So it was it was very much similar in terms of the rest of the industry. Mm-hmm. And Lori, you are coming to us from Nashville. How is Music City dealing with this? <laughs> wow. Music City has been really hit hard. Um, as you're well aware, over the past five to 10 years, Nashville itself as a community has been booming like nothing I've ever seen. I'm a Nashville native and I've never seen this much growth and, and so much happening in the town, both obviously on the entertainment side, but also just tourism and, and people coming here um, to have Broadway and all of our honky-tonks shut down. I mean, that's such a vibrant place. Um, you know, our Country Music Hall of Fame is closed down. Um, never mind, uh, just on the music side, every tour has been canceled and postponed to the fall, and we just hope and pray that we can congregate again in the fall. You know, it's, it, again, it's just this uncertainty that everybody feels that no matter what you know, the government says if we're open or not open, you know, what do we feel as a community? Where do we feel safe and how do we make um, these places? And touring has has been the lifeblood of the music business since the beginning, but especially with streaming and, and you know, record sales going away, the touring has always been the mainstay. And now that's in jeopardy. So um, I think it's been really interesting and fun as a fan to see how musicians and, and artists are doing these at-home concerts and things, but you got to know they're not making money. Right. So if you're a fan of any artist out there that's doing these things and, and giving you your sanity during this time that we're all locked at home, you know, buy their merchandise, buy their records, you know, support these artists because this is, this is their livelihood and this is what they do and they're giving you free entertainment. So there is so much pain out there. Martha, can you talk us through, as you did the other day to help me greatly with the story, can you just talk us through the, the, the bare bones of what the Paycheck Protection Program offers and who it's for? Um, it's for companies that have colleagues of less than 500, 500 or less, I probably should say. And what it's trying to do is keep America working and these companies up and running and these small businesses and so people are able to apply to be reimbursed from the federal government after a period of time for the colleagues that they keep working so if they have 10 colleagues or 100 colleagues it doesn't really matter they can apply to have their payroll covered for that period of time so that's one dollar amount and then there's some additional kinds of addition uh, 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 re refunds that they will make they they really get into it's very specific 
But in addition to that, you also can apply for rent and um, utilities. Now, the rent and utilities are not granted or refunded to you at, at, at the end of the time. But if you are able then to keep up with your payments, it does allow you to pay. You can use up to 25% of the dollar amount that you ask for for rent and um, utilities. And then they'll turn that out over a period of time at a very low interest rate. So most of the people that we're seeing are applying just for the, um, the payroll portion of it so that they can keep all of their colleagues, and that's one of the rules. You have to keep all of your colleagues working for the, an eight-week period of time, and that's what you're applying for is um, eight weeks worth of payroll. And so if it, you do that, it yes. will be, at some point in the future, the Fed, it, it, you'll be reimbursed or you just won't have to pay that portion back? It will, be, it will be reimbursed and pay off the loan so that you don't have to pay off the loan. Uh, the loan is at 1% interest rate, so it's a very, very favorable interest rate. And um, it really is making a huge difference for these companies. They're, they really want this. They really want their colleagues to get back to work and be able to have that staff so that hopefully in the next 60 to 90 days, America's back, a lot of these companies are back out working again. And what, um, and for any of you, like, how are people even sort of determining the amount that they might want to apply for, given that it's so hard to see the end of when, you know, when this crunch and this lockdown and the shuttering of all of these venues and, and productions may come back? How do you plan for something like that? Well, for the loan program, there it's very specific. They're going to give you, they're going to pay for two months worth of payroll. And so that's what you're able to apply for. As I said, there's a little bit of, you know, adding and subtracting. You you can't have colleagues, paying colleagues over $100,000. Those get subtract, you subtract everything over the $100,000 level. So it does get very specific about how you calculate this. And we can help the client walk through some of that. Those are some of the conversations that we have with them. And so do their CPAs and business managers and people like that help them very much in, in putting this all together. But that is what this is covering at this point. We suspect that the government's going to do have plan B. There'll be another plan that'll be coming out you know, uh, over, over time. We don't know when that's gonna be or what it's gonna look like or who's going to qualify for it, but there's other programs I know that the, the government is planning. Mm -hmm. Uh, Stephanie or Lori, can you give a sense of the amount, the dollar amounts that some of your clients have been applying for? Just trying to get a sense of the, the range of, of need. Well, it's really, it's been, it's been all over again. It depends on sort of the payroll size of the company and that, that determines what they qualify for. So it, it could be as small as, you know, $10,000, even $5,000. And then we've had, you know, larger requests. I think the maximum might be 10 million. I'm not, is. I'm not, is that right? Yeah. yeah. So the maximum loan is 10 million, but I would say, you know, our average size was, was far less than that. So we had, you know, we may have a few that yeah. would apply that high, but really the average size was probably a couple hundred thousand, I would guess, Martha, right? Yeah. It might be in the three, four hundred thousand dollar range, but around, yeah. So it's that's that's pretty much, you know. So you think about that. That's that's um, eight weeks worth of payroll for many companies, and so you know you're covering probably fifty colleagues then at that point. Uh, Lori, anything anything that you're um, seeing in terms of scope of the need? It's like Stephanie said. It's all over the place and based on the the entity. I will say that we've had a lot of um, blood, sweat, and tears helping our nonprofits. 
that's been a real focus for the whole bank. Um, and of course, nonprofits can need anywhere from $5,000 to $20,000 to um, you know, $100,000. Nashville probably has a lower um, level as far as average loan size. But you know, when you think about every touring artist has a corporation and they have employees to take care of, of these tours that have been planned for a year in advance. Um, and production costs and everything else, um, and now it's just stopped. You know, um, this is just such a, a a net that is so needed in this space. I mean, I'm thinking it could go down to as you know, in terms of the costs, it could go, it could be as granular as you have an artist that has had a hundred thousand T-shirts printed up that says Tour 2020, and it might act, that tour may not even happen till Tour you know till 2021. I mean, I'm guessing mm -hmm. that that for all of you, your clients are have are having to think about different, you know, just different scenarios and what, what, again, what the need might be. Help me understand though, from what you're saying, it sounds like there are some kind of criteria as to the amount that a company can apply for. Is it, it so it's based on like existing payrolls? Is that how yes. it's kind of? Oh, yeah. yeah, you are correct. Yeah, yeah there's it. a specific sort of calculator that they use based you know, looking on sort of the, the historical payroll that they were carrying and you, there's a calculation off of those figures. So you, so. you can't just have said, you know, uh, <laughs> oh, I, this is a business. Like you, you have to have, obviously you have to have a track record and, you know. Mm -hmm. Yes. You had, you had to be in business, I think, before a date and it's like February 20th or something that this, you had to be in business and had to have had payroll by that time. So um, yes, there's some, there, as I said, there's some specific kinds of qualifiers that go along with all of this. And, and that is what the, these the two officers that are on this uh, call, this is what they did all day long, was try to help walk people through. Yes, you'll qualify for this, but you don't qualify for that. And you need to take out this and be sure that you don't do that and, and walk them through. And then there's, you know, they ask for documentation and people are helping them with obtaining that documentation to apply. Because the SBA, it is... It's an SBA loan to them, and they want to see all the right things because they want to make sure they're actually giving the money to someone who's in business and is using it for payroll and to some, you know, their company to thrive and survive, um, not just um, someone that came in off the street that we don't know and, and, and can't prove who it is and that they're getting the money. So that's exactly what we're trying. That's We're kind of the front line for the, for the SBA. And yeah, and really, I was going to say the difficult part of all of this was is it, it was a brand new program, right? So it was 883 pages that we had to study ourselves and figure it out with the client and go, well, that sounds right, but, you know, let's check this and that and get pieces of paper and ask the questions and keep in mind, we're doing all of this. Most everyone's working remotely right now. It's so everybody's at home trying to, you can't walk yeah. to the office next door and say, hey, is this how you're doing it? Is this what you're seeing? Is this? I mean, it was totally, everybody kind of jumping in, like Stephanie said, it was just a Herculean effort of everybody coming together on the credit side, on the deposit side, on the loan side. I mean, it was like every part of the bank has been involved with this. Did you find that this is, especially smaller companies sometimes aren't, they're certainly not as rigorous with record keeping and accounting. Was this something that people had to scramble to put their hands on or was it that the, the, the documents and information needed was something that you know any professionally run company would have on hand? 
you know, it's all over the board a little bit because if they're a, a small company that didn't necessarily have a CFO or a, um, right. um, uh, you know, a CPA that was helping them, they might, they might need more help. But most of our clients do have a business manager, a CPA, someone that is sort of helping, helping them through that. So fortunately, we could kind of intermediary with their advisors as well and make sure that they got completed correctly, which, you know, the advisors were a big part of this. They really did help. Um, it, it made the process much more simple for their client. Would you say that there was awareness among your clients that this that this particular pot of money, I mean, we all read the headlines about the two trillion dollar stimulus bill, but the you know the very the breaking down the components of it and the hey, you could apply for this, was that kind of your job to educate your clients, or did you find people calling you? And they, they knew about it and they said, help, help me do this. I'm going to let the two of them dis describe. Yeah, I mean, they, they, you know, everything literally just came to an, a, a halt. So, you know, the, the, I mean, the brakes went on right away. So I think everybody all of a sudden was thinking, well, geez, where can I go to to have some relief or some help? And they knew about the program. And I guess the question was, was City National participating? Right, because not every not every bank participated in this SBA program. So once they, the first call was, "Are you participating in this?" And then the answer was yes. And then that's when we really joined at the hip with these clients, got in those trenches, and just kind of worked this through and figured out how to get the applications filled out and submitted. Because it was very much of a first come first serve kind of basis in terms of getting those applications in as quickly as we could process them as quickly as we could before, um, you know, we knew that eventually the fund would run out. So um, it was a lot of hard work and a great effort across the line to really just move it, move it along quickly, as quickly as possible. Mm -hmm. Gotcha. Agreed. It was a, it was a floodgate of, of people, you know, it was, it was literally around the clock work, um, trying to get everything done for everybody that needed it. But Lori, as you said, you represent in music, a lot of artists are their own, you know, uh, cottage industries unto themselves. And that mm -hmm. there even even there, there was awareness that this program that they could that they could be a part of it. Absolutely. And uh, some of it was um, like Martha had mentioned through the business management community. That was a, a large driving force. Um, and, you know, otherwise it was word of mouth and and honestly even with the new york and the la and the nashville uh you know it's really a small industry when you boil it down no matter geographically where people are located um word gets around fast um on something like this and and we were just glad we were able to get everything pushed through and and just to follow up on Lori's point in terms of it being a small industry i mean we've always had this hometown feel as a bank uh, in terms of how we take care of our clients and, and the, the level of service we bring them. And I think that the way this was managed for them was just sort of an extension of that philosophy that we've always had. Plus, we've always taken um, a great amount of pride in giving back to the communities that we're in. So, um, you know, during such an unprecedented, ti unprecedented time, it's extremely, you know, it was extremely important that we found a way to give back now yeah and and to that point you know with the two million dollars the bank gave to the different communities um for the country music community we actually contributed to uh the academy of country music has a lifting lives charitable arm um for COVID 19 and we've given out over a million dollars to hundreds of people within five days 
um, in the music community who are musicians, who are songwriters, who are people who may or may not make rent, you know, um, and, and that was a perfect example of the country music community pulling together very quickly and getting this money literally in the hands of people that quickly. Um, so it, it was really a proud moment for us. It, we've seen, you know, amid all this, we've seen incredible acts of generosity and kindness. Yeah. Let me ask you, what would be for a bank? What's the what's the bank calculation in terms of do I want to participate or not in this? It would seem like at this time it would be <laughs> it would be hard for a bank to that has commercial client to to not participate in something like this. Well, you know, um, we've all kind of talked a lot about the the sheer volume of this and and really truly we did shut the, we did shut down the department and did this for three weeks um, so it means that you have the ability and can do it and take it on and so many you know I'm saying many but some institutions just said hey I I don't have the ability to service the client and get this done reasonably um, and so I'm not going to participate. That's just my guess. I, I think that's that's really it. Um, I, I, and it all came together in a very short period of time. I think we are very, very fortunate in this division in that we have all worked together more than 10 years and many of us more, way more than that. Um, and so we have a shorthand with each other. I can say something and the two women on this call, well, oh yeah, I'll call these three people and get that taken care of because we, we kind of know what to do and how to manage things, but we've been doing it for such a long period of time. We walk, we kind of walk in the same walk, we say the same things, we do the same things. It's probably the hardest part for us is that we're gonna have so many to now document our normal level of service. Well, not, we can't, we just, it's gonna take longer time to get some of these pieces of paper back out now to the client. So that's probably the hardest thing that the three of us would tell you, you know, right now is, okay, we're not going to get to turn documents in, in 24 hours. We, we just can't. Now it's going to take three days or whatever the time frame is to get all of these documents typed up out to people and then back again. Mm -hmm. Now we're talking on April 17th and two days ago, Treasury Secretary Steve Mnuchin basically said, announced that, the, that this particular fund is out of money. I, from what you're saying, you you all clearly knew that it was going to be a race, a race to get yes. that money. It sounds like That's that right. was a lot of what you were telling your clients, like, we don't have time to, we don't have time to waste. You, you, you knew from your, I'm guessing from your experience with treasury programs and such that you knew that people, it was going to be a first come first serve type of situation. Mm -hmm. We knew there was a, a, a dollar amount that they, they had and that if we wanted to get the community out, we needed to do it very, we need to mobilize fast and get it done. And, and that's exactly what we focused on. Mm -hmm. um, right now, we're, there's reports that, you know, that, that Congress is, is obviously looking at stimulus part two. Right. Um, do you, I realize this is a hard, hard question, but just from working with it now, you know, for solidly for three, almost three weeks, do you have a sense, so the initial grant for this program was 350 billion. Do you have a sense of what the, what the need out there could be? Like, could they, could they need, is there a need for another 350 billion? Does it need to be more than three, another 350 billion? What do you think? Um, you know, there's a very different program that's out there for the larger companies, not the, um, 
the largest companies for sure, but there's the next tranche right. of larger companies, which, you know, there's a lot of colleagues that work in, the, in those companies. And that's really what we're trying to do is keep people working, that's for sure. But I, I couldn't even come, come close to guessing. I can tell you that the next one may not be exactly the same people that will qualify. Who, you know, I don't know exactly what they're going to be doing, but clearly there is a larger need than what has been filled with the first tranche. There is no question. Whether it's mm -hmm. another tranche the same size, that probably could be eaten up pretty quickly without um, thinking. Um, but you know, I, what the number is, I don't know. And whether that's the right answer, you know, certainly there's states, um, states that are doing different things, and and cities that are doing different things. And so you have to look at all the various opportunities that are going to be coming out there. And and people are trying to come up with answers. And I applaud that because. This is clearly going to be an unprecedented time, and how do we face this, and how do we get through it? Do you, do you, the three of you, do you have clients that would have liked to, but just didn't get there in time to, to participate yeah. in the PPP? Yeah, yeah. We, we literally received um, packages the day that it got cut off, um, and we couldn't, you couldn't have processed all of the ones that we had. So, and there were other clients that said, oh, I'm going to get it in. You guys know. That's right. No, absolutely. I wouldn't say there was a high volume of those. I think we, we, we really, we really got a lot through for our clients, but there, there were some that just, we tried to enter it in and it was, it was done. The fund was, was, was out. Yeah. And in terms of like, did the treasury department like send you an email or like, how did, did they let you know, or did you learn from Steve Mnuchin when he announced it to the world? Uh, I think did you went to go in, we knew, we could tell by what the dollar amounts were each day. So you kind of knew that it was going down, right guys? You, you were looking at that. Yeah. yeah. And yeah, and then, uh, so I had kind of predicted Wednesday. I was worried that it was going to be Wednesday and, and it made it till Thursday. So I think we got another 24 hours. I was, that, that's great. Yeah. Are you, um, I mean, I would imagine again in this crazy unprecedented time, are you, at the point of even being able to advise clients a little more long-term on like, you know, in addition to the whatever federal programs may come, like, you know, planning how to, you know, how to plan for reopening, how to plan for maybe reopening on a smaller scale kind of thing. Are you even at that point of conversations with clients yet? I'm not like, I, would, I, yeah. I think, I, yeah, I think those are a lot of conversations that the individual industries, you know, are having. I mean, I'm sure, you know, Broadway has a, a, lots of different meetings, lots of different task forces figuring out, you know, how do we open up uh, and keep the safety of, you know, it's not just the audience, it's the actors and actresses and, you know, who are on the stage, it's the mm -hmm. musicians and the orchestra pit. A lot of people, um, you know, involved with those lights going on on Broadway. And so, I'm sure everybody's studying a lot of different scenarios, figuring out when is really the right time and really um, looking to, you know, uh, government and testing and mm -hmm. all sorts of things. It's, it's, you know, it's going to be an interesting process to see how they kind of <clears throat> arrive at when it's, when, <clears throat> when it's ready, you know, when, when, when they can open and, and what that will look like. Mm -hmm. And I would imagine just again, from a financial, you know, from an individual company type financial perspective, there's got to be an expectation that there will be additional costs. You know, if, if a Broadway theater has to, you know, take temperature mm -hmm. swipes as people walk in the door, you know, somebody's got to pay for that service. And that 
I mean, I, I'm just thinking the more right. you think about it, the, the costs and the, the ramifications of opening, even at an individual company by company, not, you know, sector wide, obviously a lot of planning and things, but just for individual companies, the level of unknowns must be so must be very difficult right now for people trying to plan to run a business. That's yeah, right. And, and I and I think different age brackets have a different thought process about when they'll go get in, in a large group. Like I might think that it's harder to get into a large group, but um, Lori's uh, daughters and <laughs> Stephanie's son would definitely feel like, well, I could do that. You know, they did, they just, you know, the younger you are, the less you're going to be as subject to fear factors, I think. Mm -hmm. Lori, you were going to say? I was just going to say, I think the fun part is working with creative people. I mean, the ideas are just unbelievable in how to manage this because um, I, I mentioned the ACMs earlier. We were supposed to have a live award show April 5th in Las Vegas. Right. And so, you know, that got postponed to September 16th. And will we be allowed to gather by then? You know, we hope so. Um, but in the meantime, within a four or five day window, um, our producers pulled together a, a wonderful at home show that still aired on CBS. And, mm -hmm. you know, I don't, uh, country music just, just really, it gave people an insight to the different artists living rooms and their children and their playing. It, it was just, it was a really special moment that, that this community needed really badly and the fans could not have loved it anymore. So I think the creativity comes out and you start figuring out, okay, well, we can't do what we've always done. So how are we going to do it? And how are we going to make money doing it? Right. That's the, that's the difficult part is figuring out um, the financial side of things because our creatives are so, you know, their, their ideas are endless, but it's like, how do we monetize it? And how do we keep food on the table? That's right. And, you know, my family was, you know, keeping, keeping uh, track of every, commenting on every single person that was on, on that show. And, oh, did you see this? Did you see that? And so it, it, there is this opportunity to maybe do things differently without everybody getting in a stadium all at the same time. So mm -hmm. we don't all, I mean, we're all talking about this. We don't know what the answer ultimately will be. I just think there's a lot of hope when you see a show like that, where there is a way of monetizing that if, if smart minds get together and figure it out. Yeah. And it's big business. I mean, when you think about an artist and you think about their management companies and their um, agents, the booking agents, you know, I mean, like the amount of people that it takes to get one tour up and running, it, it's, it's hundreds of people yeah. um, that actively work on that. And then it's like, nope, never mind. And you go, <laughs> okay. <laughs> so it's just been heartbreaking. Is there anything else, anything existing, any other existing federal programs or state programs that you know of that could be helpful for small businesses at this time ongoing? You know, not maybe not something as specific as the PPP program, but any any, you know, business development or or sources of funding that you're aware of that might that you think might be important for for small businesses in the entertainment space? I know that there was another SBA um, program. I think it was the relief program that was available to clients, which was completely separate from the one that um, we participated in. And I think it was a program where you just went directly to the SBA and mm -hmm. you didn't need a bank as an intermediary. So I know that was another option through the SBA. Um, and you couldn't get this loan if you'd done the other. Right. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Gotcha. 
but and otherwise it goes back to our nonprofits and you know music health alliance is a total healthcare based organization that helps um, anyone in any genre music cares again is has done an amazing job of taking good care of anybody in the music industry that falls on hard times during a pandemic or otherwise um, and then you've got um, you know all these different organizations have a charitable arm and they're always looking for the right people to help so these are perfect instances and and thankfully where we sit we know who needs the help and can legitimately stand up for and go to these organizations and say you got to help this person because there's there's nobody else who can even if we can't as a bank you know for our guidelines and regulations we at least have places that we can go do you have a sense in terms of um, the companies, again, the smaller, you know, 500 and, and fewer employees, how many of them were basically in a strong position until this incredible black swan, you know, came into the, came into the picture? I mean, do you feel like they, for the most part, this was a healthy industry? This is a, a temporary shock that they will get over? Or do you think that we're going to see a lot of business failures? coming out of that, you know, businesses that just won't restart or just won't be able to get their legs once, once the, you know, the social distancing guidelines are a little eased. I like to think optimistically that, again, touring was the backbone of, of entertainment and now that's been challenged. So I think we're going to find new ways to make money on, in, in music. And I think all of us, again, who have been um, home for so long, uh, you know, music is one of those things that, that helps you through, whether it's, you know, going for a run and having your music with you or, or whatever the case may be. But um, I, I, I like to think that we'll find a way. And like I said, for the Nashville community, Nashville was so strong before and had never experienced a boom like we've had the past five or 10 years. And now it's at a standstill. So Nashville will rise again. We had floods 10 years ago. We had tornadoes deadly tornadoes early March that flattened communities and music venues and, you know, and, and then the, this on top of it. Um, but somehow, you know, these communities just pull together and we figure it out and we take care of each other. Right. And I would say it's similar, similar to Broadway. I mean, they had a few really strong years heading into this. So, um, you know, January and February are typically slow months and then it closed in March, but hopefully, um, there are a lot of strong shows out there that have big advanced ticket sales that'll help, you know, sustain them. I think the real question is what will happen to those shows that were either in previews or in rehearsals. And, you know, that's yeah. where there's a bit more of a question mark in terms of um, will those shows have the, the financial ability to sort of sustain the shutdown and then open when it's time to eventually open. But um, it sure will be great to walk into a Broadway theater again. And, you know, I mean, the demand is going to be there. The demand will be there. It's just a question of um, getting everyone feeling safe to go, I think. Martha, Lori, Stephanie, thank you so much for your time and for your insights. I know this has been a busy time for you. We greatly appreciate it. Thank you, Cynthia. Thank you. Thanks so Definitely much, Cynthia. Thanks for listening. Be sure to tune in next week for another episode of Strictly Business.